Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313-RADICAL now. That's area code 313-RADICAL. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, baby. Show that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day. We'll also help him understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 139th episode, you've lost that loving feeling. 11 ways to maintain an emotional connection with your wife. And of course, you know me, I went on here and made it 12 now. <laughs> so, because I thought of something as I was, I thought it was another one as I was making the script. So I added another one. You know, it can never be too many ways, right? But also, we'll be getting your live calls in here, so please get in that queue. Call 313-RADICAL, or you can call in from your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical1. Don't wait. Get in that queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so now we have the quote of our of the day. This is um, uh, what we do every day to get us rocking, to get us in the mood for what we're at, what the show we're about to do. And this quote that I'm going to do is one of my favorite, favorite quotes of all times because it deals with marriage. And this is very, very um, pertains really well to what we are about to discuss today. So, quote. And again, never call her simply by her name, but with terms of endearment, with honor, with much love. Honor her, and she will not need honor from others. She will not want the glory that comes from others if she enjoys that which comes from thee. Prefer her before all on every account, both for her beauty and her discernment, and praise her. Thou wilt thus persuade her to give heed to none that are without, but to scorn all the world except for thyself. Teach her the fear of God 
and all good things will flow from this as from a fountain. And the house will be full of 10,000 blessings. End quote. St. John Chrysostom. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Okay, okay, so let's get into our content for today. If you um, are a husband and you have lost the emotional connection with your wife or are losing it and are in fear of the things that I'm talking about today, then please get in that queue and call 313 Radical. But first, let's um, talk about, um, let's get some things going. First, real quick is, man, you are, I had a horrible Monday. <laughs> it was probably one of the worst Mondays I've had. You know, Mondays are always bad anyway, but I had a, a real bad Monday. Man, you, you ever you ever sent an email out and it was only supposed to go to certain people and then the email goes to the wrong people? Well, that's what happened to me. <laughs> Dude, that's what happened to me yesterday and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my guys is probably, they're all probably mad at me because I sent it to the wrong, some of the wrong dudes. So I had to send all these other emails to let them know that it did pertain to them. <laughs> and so, you know, so sometimes, and you got to understand coaching. So sometimes in marriage coaches, so being a football coach or a basketball coach or a corporate, you know, or a, 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 a trainer or anything like that, sometimes you have to get in butt. You have to get in that butt every now and then when people are lacking and not doing their job and not taking care of business. And what you're trying to do is help them and motivate them to do what they're supposed to do. And so that's kind of basically what the email was about. But I sent it to some guys that were doing really well. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, my God. And once it goes out, ain't nothing you can do, right? So I had to, uh, like I said, I had to put some emails. I had to send some other emails out. And I was just saying that was a bad money. Then I missed an appointment. And then what else did I do? Oh, and then last week on the show, getting real passionate and stuff. And But, you know, you guys got to understand my passion about this. Sometimes it may seem that I'm angry. It's not that I'm angry. It's that, man, I am so, I, you know, sometimes, like you hear me say, sometimes I want the guys' marriage to be more successful than they do sometimes. And so when you're dealing with Satan, man, sometimes you get excited and you're trying to you're trying so hard and you, you know, you want the Holy Spirit to jump in there. And and you sometimes things aren't going the way you want. And but when I talk about this stuff, man, and, and, and it's not me being angry, sometimes it's just me being just wanting to try to get through to people so much because I understand what a real great marriage can be um, and what a great life truly can be. And um, I just want that for, for guys. But a lot of times, as you hear me say a lot, a lot of men, they just can't see it and they can't see it. And it's painful for me. I guess, you know, my wife says it shouldn't be and other people say it shouldn't be, but I guess that's why I'm good at what I do because of that of that pain and that passion that I have. And so sometimes I, I go overboard. And last Thursday, I kind of did. But you know what? Only thing I can say is life must move on. <laughs> so today, let's get into our um, into our uh, our content. And one of the things I want to start with, man, is that quote. So the quote from St. John Chrysostom, see, a lot of people don't really realize the saints, how powerful the saints are. That's the reason why in scripture, the saints are there, that we're supposed to believe in the saints. We're supposed to uh, we're supposed to pray to them, to have them intercede for us because they were once like we are. They were once unholy. They were once doing bad and stupid stuff. They were once, you know, just as a regular human are. They seemed and all that kind of stuff. And then, but their stories are so powerful because they overcame it. And one of the saints that I look to in my in my ministry is St. John Chrysostom because 
he and I never say his name right. Uh, it's a really weird name. Um, St. John Chrysostom. <laughs> and so um, he is one of the fathers on marriage. He's one of the he's one of the fathers of the church or the doctors of the church. I'm not sure. Um, but with him, he says, and this quote that I read over today is so, so relevant to what we're talking about. And this is a saint talking about how you should treat your wife as a husband. Basically, he's saying, if you honor her and you love her, she will not need all these things from other people. And I have found that to be true. Um, I really have in my marriage and in other guys' marriages, once their wife really knows that they care only for them, that they are number one and high priority, then, you know, their wife's, their relationships get so close and so much better um, that their wife looks to them and they look to their wife. Um, she will, it says what, prefer, um, prefer her before all on every account, both for her beauty and her discernment and praise her. Thou wilt thus persuade her to give heed to none that are without, but to scorn all the world except for thyself. To scorn the world for all except for thyself, man, that is seriously crazy. And what that's saying is your wife will be, she's like your protector. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I know, like I've said before, my wife is a very sweet lady until you start trying to dog me out. Then all of a sudden she becomes a cat. <laughs> And I, the first time I saw that in her, I was like, oh, my God, what, what the heck is this going on? But I read this quote, and that's what, he, that's what he's saying, that, you know, she will kind of protect you and be motherly over you like a wifely protector, like a mother bear over you, um, because she will keep others away from you. Um, and another thing, too, if you this quote, if you do the things I'm going to say today and you start to build a relationship and emotional connection with your wife. And she starts to really believe that she can trust you to be the man that she needs to, to run your home um, so that she could do the things that she needs to do. And she really believes that, that you love her. You will get 10,000 blessings from God in your home. And listen, I, I'm not, I'm just telling you, it's true. It's true, man. Um, I don't know why people's when people involve God in their life and in their marriages, why their problems aren't nearly as much as say other people. But I don't know. I know. I, I know it's from grace. But a lot of times you look up, man, and you don't even realize how how great your marriage has become in the relationship between you and your wife. And you don't even realize it sometimes. And I guess that's the way God works in everybody's life. Like if you're an alcoholic and you're trying your best to quit and you look up and you haven't had a drink in 30 days, or you haven't had a drink in six months, or you're a drug addict in the same thing, you ask God to please help me get away from this. And then you look up one day and your life is this great life. And you don't even remember. It's hard for you to even to remember the way you were because it happened because of the way the grace happens in your life. And this is why I want you guys to really understand that forgiveness and everything like that, never like what, what uh, St. John Chrysostom is saying, is basically never allow your marriage, uh, never allow your wife to, to, to think that you don't care. Never neglect her. You know, always treat her with love and honor and respect, and she will give you the world. She will at least try her best to. And once you guys do that together, man, you can, you and your wife can conquer this world together. Okay. So that being said, again today, if you're having problems and you want a little help with trying to build that emotional connection with your wife and what that means. Um, then, you know, you know, and you have a specific situation that I really can that that really pertains to your marriage. Hey, let me know. Hey, even if you're a fiance 
you know, your fiance and you're, you know, you and your girl are having a couple problems right now. Hey, man, believe it or not, you it's good that you ask for advice and help now so that you can avoid and fix things now. One of the things I'm going to talk about today is as a man, as a fiance, as a husband, <coughs> excuse me, it's important that when when problems present themselves that you jump on them, that you do not ever wait. You never, ever, ever wait. You get it. You take care of it now. Um, that way your wife can sense that you're at least trying your best and that you're not ignoring her. Okay. With that being said, let's get started with Catholic Alpha's radical rant of the day, discussing the all important emotional connection for women. So the question is, why is maintaining an emotional closeness with your wife so important? Why is that emotional connection so important? Um, the reason is because women are nurturers. They are emotional and they deal everything in emotion. And what that means is they look everything through that. That is not a bad thing. Okay, please get that straight. I, I hate it when you always hear, oh, women are so emotional and men are so logical. And they look at both. They look at the a lot being logical as a good thing, but the emotional as a bad thing. And that's not that's not true. You have to understand why women come on the emotional side, because they're the ones that have to raise and deal and connect with the children. Why? Because the way it's supposed to be. The way God set it up is the man, the husband, his job is more broad, right? He's responsible for everything in the house, the dishes, the children. He's responsible for the, the marriage, the money, the all the, the he's responsible for everything that goes on in his house. And so his job is the man is very broad. So in order to do something like in order to keep that under control and you that means that it has to be kind of a peaceful thing going on and so it's kind of an organizational type of thing and so what does that mean that means that his job is more broad and that takes logic to be able to order things properly right okay women on the other on the opposite end the emotional thing is a perfection just as well as the logical thing um, the reason that women are emotional is, like I said, to bond with the children, to connect with them, to be able to teach them so they know that they're loved and they're, they're cared for. Your wife's job, her job is to nurture them and to nurture you. And she don't have time to do the your broad job, too. This is but what what but women will if you don't do your job. And that's the problem in today's society. Women. Men, we have not done our job over the last hundred years or whatever. And so women feel that they have to do our job too. Now, sure, it's masked in feminism. It's masked in, you know, I want to be a doctor or I want to be, uh, I want to have this great career and all that stuff. But really, if you look at it, women are doing a lot of things that were really meant for men to do, like being a police officer or a fireman and things like that. And of course, people are going to get mad at me. What do you mean a woman can't be a police officer? Well, first of all, a woman is a giver of life. What in the hell is she doing out in a police car with the possibility of getting shot and killed? This, this is what I'm saying. You know, understanding our purpose in life is one of the ways that God helped us to be fulfilled as a human person. And we go out and do things contrary to our nature. It might look, man. It might seem that it's good, but it never really is. It never really is. It, what you see is a lot of times is God creates good out of bad situations. That's what you see. But that's not that's not how it was meant to be. Just like in um, you know, just like marriage, right? Adam and Eve were married. They were meant to be married for life, and they were for hundreds of years. Okay, they were meant to be married, but then people get divorced today, don't they? They get divorced today, don't they? And what does our Lord say in Scripture? Moses allowed the divorce men to divorce their wives because of what? Of the hardness of their hearts. 
in the beginning, it was not meant to be. So when people get divorced, they are, this is how you know that divorce is completely against God, completely against the moral law, and it will, it trashes the family. And you ain't got to believe me and God, just look outside your door, right? Divorce kills the family. It kills society. Why? Because marriage is the core of the universe. It is. This is why I don't understand why priests and pastors that have the power and the Pope and cardinals and bishops that have the power to influence billions of people. In the Catholic Church, there are over a billion people. They don't talk about marriage hardly ever. You go to mass 52 weeks out of the year and you don't hear one sermon on marriage and how important it is and how to communicate and intimacy and conversation and all that stuff. You never hear anything on it. So guess you get what you, we get what we, we get what we give, which is nothing when it comes to marriage. This is why you have so people don't even you have so many people that don't understand marriage and what it's for. And it's it's important that we really start to understand that, man, and really try our best to really understand that without marriage, there is no country. Our country will eventually be 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 just like all the other failed nations over the history of the world without marriage and the family. But people that are so power-stricken and demonic, demonic narcissists, they don't really, it's all about them and what they want and stuff. And then they don't even have a feeling, they don't even have no guilt over it or anything like that, that they're destroying the family, like abortion and stuff. You know, how can you allow the killing of millions, of millions, millions and millions of babies and not expect any consequences in your country? Look at our country right now. We kill millions of babies and think that there's no consequences for taking all those lives. Just like when men and women in them, they're married and they have contraception. We kill millions of souls. God sends us hundreds of souls. And what do we do? We kill them with birth control. That is murder. But people don't look at it like that. Why? Because sin makes you stupid. <laughs> sin makes us stupid. And this is why maintaining an emotional connection with our wife is important. Um, when we, when that leaves for her, then she decides that she doesn't want to stay around because basically we're in a no, a going nowhere marriage. Without that, without that emotional connection, she just asks, like, what am I here for? What am I doing this, this for? This is why women are so powerful not physically powerful, but mentally, just like men, mentally powerful. Men are mentally powerful. But you have to use your gift that God has given you in the proper way for best results. Okay. Um, next. Uh, and so why is it so complicated once married? So why is maintaining an emotional connection so complicated when um once you once we're married? Because what before. Before we got married, it was easy, wasn't it? Before we got married, our emotional connection was easy. It was, you know, because we listened to everything our wife said. She listened to us, and we we talked and we built this stuff together. And it was we wanted we wanted to please her, and we never said a cross word to her. And so the emotional connection built really easy. Now, when we get married, the 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 the, the trials of work, kids, career church, finances, etc. all these things start to come into our marriage and it hurts. It really hurts the emotional connection with our wife. But you as the husband, once you understand how this works, then you'll start to keep it. I'm telling you, man, one of the reasons our marriages become boring and lackluster, which was, was what I called a mediocre marriage, dude, it's because the emotional connection is leaving. Okay. Next, uh, what, what what will happen if you as a husband allow the emotional connection to wither away? And what will happen is when we do that, when we allow the emotional connection to leave in our marriage, then we lose our wife. We lose our marriage. We lose our wife, uh, which means what? 
we start to lose our children because our wife doesn't think we care. So she doesn't leave the children to us. And this is why men who husbands who neglect God and don't allow God in our life for that grace, it's hard for us. We, we can't understand why our marriage is the way it is. We can't understand why our marriage is not a great marriage or a good marriage and why, how, why we can't create that. Because the reason why is because when we get married, we already marriage is a sacrament. So when we get married, there's already a there's already grace. We already get extreme grace for our for our marriage. It's called a sacrament, okay, which means sacred. So God gives an influx of grace when we first get married, but we have to maintain that grace, right? So how do we maintain that grace? We maintain that grace by men doing our job as the the defender and protector and the server of our home, which means what? First and foremost, we have to pray and we have to um, be on our knees and do meditative prayer. And we have to make a connection with God and go to mass every Sunday and to make, you know, just to make sure that that grace is coming from God, that we honor the, we honor the creator as we should be. Okay. Um, How do you get the emotional connection back once gone? That's the key. That's the whole best of big, big, important question because many husbands and women and wives allow the emotional connection to leave in their wife. I mean, in their um, in their marriage, they allow the emotional connection to leave in their marriage. And what happens is, then they both the women almost always see it first. So they start nagging the husband, trying to get him to see. Listen, this ain't working. And that's where you hear me say so much that if your wife is nagging you, that is the first, first, first clue that you have serious marriage problems but I cannot get men to hear me. I cannot get men to hear me on this part that you have a chance to fix your marriage at a very early stage when your wife stops the loving and the caring and all that kind of stuff. And she starts nagging you. You can't do nothing right. And you just don't know what's going on. That is your very, basically your very first solid indication that things are not the way they should be when your wife starts nagging you. But I, but dudes never do anything at that stage. They think their wife is just imagining things or she's just trying to bother them or she's in a bad mood. Look, if you've been nagged for six months, a year, five years, 10 years, that is not a bad mood, my brother. Okay? <laughs> that is not a bad mood. That is your wife trying to sh- get you to show her that you care, that you love her again, like you were when you were courting. Remember, women want to be courted and dated their whole life. That's why you hear me say they're high maintenance. That's not a bad thing. That's God getting you as a man to learn to suffer and sacrifice for your wife and your marriage. Because if you don't do it, who will? So after the break, we'll be back. We're warmed up now, and we'll be right back. And then we will really get to this on the uh, 12 things that can help you understand what this emotional connection thing is all about. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days.
Hey, 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 hey. We are back, as Dwayne used to say on, what was that show? Oh, man, I can't believe I had, oh, what's happening? And what's happening now, back in the 70s? Um, so let's get on this, man. Let's get on this. So we're going to, I'm going to try to get them all done. Um, and before, uh, before the hour ends, um, if not, then guess we'll have what? We'll have a part two, but I think I'm going to get them done. Okay. So you've lost that love and feeling how to maintain an emotional connection with your wife. Here are 12 ways to help you to get that done. All right. Plus, um, it was it, it was going to be 11, but like I said, I got a bonus in there. Uh, there are no certain, these are in no certain order, um, as all of them are important and very powerful when used as a group in your day-to-day interaction with your wife. Of course, there are more ways, but these are just a few I've come up with for today. And this is what, you know, in the, um, in the Marriage Unchained uh, pro- marriage program, you know, I try to tell the guys that one thing, if your marriage is, if you're in marriage crisis, which means your marriage is very in very much trouble, you know, there's not usually there's not one thing that's going to make your marriage come back together. It's 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 usually not. Um, and so what we do is we have to attack this in all different ways, um, because the main thing your wife is looking for is not that your wife won't come back to you is she has to know that if I come back or basically start trying to make this marriage work again, that we're not going to be in the same place we were. We are, you know, well, same place we were five years from now or a year from now. And I don't blame her. I really don't. But there's, there's that God thing that just keeps getting in the way. Isn't it? If, uh, if a man is not physically abusing his wife, if a uh, if a man is not uh, is 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 not being unfaithful with his wife, in the eyes of God, she has she has no reason to leave, none. And and you and, and people have to start realizing this is not about this world, man. This world is just a test. Can you be obedient? This is about eternity. And I know in today's society. With all our luxuries and comforts, um, it's very hard for us to to believe that there might be something other than this. But that's an illusion. If God is real, then what I'm telling you is not for naught. That it is there's a reason, a purpose for these things that I say. If God is not real, well, then you just go out and do whatever you want, I guess, because it doesn't because this means nothing. Doesn't mean anything. And so people who don't who don't believe that God is real or God is really there, then that's what you see them do. They just do whatever they want. It's about them. They don't care. Um, the only reason that people just don't go off and lose control and kill themselves and kill us and and all that stuff, we just use total chaos in this world is because of the grace from God, the supernatural energy that God gives us to keep to keep us under control. Because remember, we are broken and fallen. Okay. So what we're going to do is, as I said, there are many other ways that that um, that can help keep an emotional connection. But these things are just kind of like the things, some of the things, not all of them, but these are some of the things that I use to help the men to really start to rebuild or maintain once they rebuild it to maintain it. And that's the whole key of this whole thing. Women. A wife wants to come back to her husband. She really does, but she doesn't want to come back to what she had. This is why they leave or ask for a divorce or whatever. They really don't want to, but they feel that they have to in order to get um, in order to get the men to listen, to get their husband to listen. And it's sad, but it's true. Hey, man, I go through it and I know what women go through because I go through it every single day. It's just hard to get men to listen. They have to really be so deep and down and be in so much pain to listen. You know, uh, but if they're just normal, if things are going good, most men are not going to listen to you. They're not because they feel, hey, things are cool. Everything's fine. You know, 
This is why God built the universe the way he did. It's built on pain and suffering and sacrifice. Because, and the reason he built that way, because that is the easiest way for us to learn. Because the ultimate goal is to be in heaven with him for eternity, not to be here. And so he could have built a universe of, well, in order to learn, you just watch videos all the time and you go to heaven. But that's not, people don't really, people must experience pain, especially men must experience extreme pain before they change, before they come to God. This is why God, if if God sends the Holy Spirit to talk to you to try to get your life right and get your life in order, let's say you're a serial killer or you're a rapist or you're a bad husband or you're a bad father or you're a thief um, or you're an embezzler or whatever, or you're a drug dealer or an alcoholic or whatever, or you a, a porno- you watch pornography, uh, you know, God will allow these things for a while because he's merciful and he'll give you a chance to, to try to listen to the Holy Spirit to get out of it. But if you refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit after a while, he, the Holy Spirit will just leave and then God will allow the demonic in your life. This is about people don't understand. If you are experiencing pain in your life, it's because you're not listening. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit. So God, so then your wife as a man, let's just take marriage for instance. Then so, so your wife through the Holy Spirit tries to, is trying to get you to hear her and to listen. And if you don't even listen to your wife, then, then this is why your wife becomes more and more unhappy she becomes more and more unsettled. She becomes more and more um, wanting to understand, you know, want a better life for herself and for her children. And if if and most people think that that's money, and that's not really it. What it is is a like the like the quote we talked about today. Like your wife must feel that the marriage is going somewhere, that it has a future, that we're moving towards something. And, and, and not just us day to day and you're neglecting me and you're doing your job and doing these other things. And I'm just I'm just here. OK, so let's get started with the understanding with understanding the all important emotional connection. So first up is prayer. So in order to build an emotional connection with your wife, a strong emotional connection as a man, you must sacrifice yourself for your marriage in prayer. Why? Because you need the grace. Basically, you are making a plea when you pray, you are making a plea to God to ask you to keep to protect your marriage, to keep your marriage um, the way that he would have it be, to keep it as peaceful as possible. You know, and if we don't pray, then basically we're saying, well, we got it. Just like if we don't go to mass on Sunday, if we don't if we don't pray the rosary or we don't if we don't do anything to honor God in our life, we're telling God that, listen, Jesus Christ, I don't need you. And so what they say is, well, if you don't need me, then I guess what we'll do as God is we'll just uh, let you be on your own. Then that's when the pain starts. So this is why prayer is important, okay? Number two, great communication. Oh, my goodness. I can't... uh, Women, you've got to understand when your wife when the bad communication starts and I really can't tell you when bad communication starts, man, I just know that it starts. And I I think really most people, most couples don't, can't even tell you most couples that argue all the time and debate and fight and bicker and have let that become their way of, uh, of communicating. They can't really tell you when it started. I know I couldn't tell you when it started in my first marriage and my second marriage. I don't know, you know, um, but it happened. And so, man, great communication is so important. And if you're, we can't have any arguing or bickering or debating, women take this stuff deep. When we, as a man, we call them a name or we get dissatisfied with them or we, we, our tone of voice or body language, all of that stuff is important when we are communicating with our wife, paying attention to what she says. If you don't do that, man, she's going to get hurt and feel what? That you don't care. 
And that's all. Most women, that is their gripe about their husband. I just feel he don't love me. Why? Because the way he treats me. But the man goes, well, I thought I was treating you good. Well, to me, you're not. <laughs> and so these are things that are important. So if you're arguing with your wife, if you're bickering, if you're debating with her, if your tonal voice is harsh, you know, like you don't, you talk to her like she's a man or another man or a stranger. Um, your body language when you're talking is not conducive to listening. Um, you say harsh words or name calling. You got to remember that your wife is your beloved, you know, and at all times you have to remember that. So great communication. If you want to not sever, if you want to not sever your emotional connection, you must learn how to communicate properly with your wife. And that is not talking to her like any other body, any, anybody else in your life. It's talking to her like she is the mother of your children. The woman who you said I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, that is who you, you talk to her in that way. Next, number three, listening without interruption. This is huge. Well, all of them are huge, but this one is really huge. The, you've got to learn to listen to your wife without interrupting when she talks. Because why? If you your wife is talking and she can't get her sentence out and you jump in, what does that do? That shows you don't care about nothing she's saying. That shows you don't care about anything your wife is saying. That what you think is what you think should be said is more important than what she's saying. But the way you do it, first of all, if you find yourself getting angry when your wife is talking, you just ask to be excused. Like, sweetheart, I'm getting upset right now. Can I come back in 15 minutes or five minutes? And I'll calm down and then we can continue the conversation. Of course, most wives are going to say, heck no, you're going to stay right here and you're going to listen to me right now. No, but yeah. Uh, but that's what you got to do. Um, next, always listen, you know, always listen to her even when you don't want to. That's what listening is important is. As a husband, you force yourself, which is a what? Is a, If you have to force yourself to do something, that is a what? That is a sacrifice. That's a suffering. If you don't want to listen to your wife at that time, maybe you're you're doing work or you have something on or you have to go do something and your wife needs to talk or wants to say something and you just kind of brush her off. Then that right there shows her that you don't value her opinion, that you don't care about what she said. And over time, that will start to degrade an emotional closeness an emotional connection with her. This is how you show your show her her value to you. So this is how you show your wife that she is valued to you. She is valuable. That you you entertain her, you entertain her thoughts, you entertain her opinions. Okay, and you listen to her without interrupting. Next, number four is humility. Humility defeats evil. I cannot express that enough. I first learned that 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 uh. I first learned that revelation from Father Chad Ripperger. He's an exorcist and a psychologist, and he said humility defeats evil. That's the first time I ever heard that. Um, and if you think about it, it makes complete sense. That's the real reason that the devil, that Satan, Lucifer, got thrown out of hell because of his pride. His pride. He didn't have humility like Christ does. And so when you don't have humility, then you get the, that is a, a sign that you're going to hell. That's that's a sign that if I don't have humility, if I if my ego and my pride are first and foremost, then how can you get to heaven with that? You can't. You can't. So never allow pride and ego to to um, into the center of your marriage. You never allow pride and ego into the center of your marriage. If you do, you will lose your family. You will. Most people think they're not selfish. Most people think that they are humble. Most people think, because why? What's the book called? How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of the prime principles in that, in that book is that all no one ever thinks they are bad people. Even serial killers don't think that they're bad people. Even rapists 
don't think they're bad people. Even women who kill their babies and abort them don't think they are bad people. No one, none of us thinks that we're a bad person. So it's hard for us to think that we're not humble. I'm a good person. I'm okay. I had to do that. I have an, I, there's a reason I had to serial kill all those people. <laughs> there's a reason I had to rape all those women. We have an excuse for everything. And that book is, if you ever thought of, you know, if you ever had read that book, that is a great book. It's written back in the 50s or something. But man, I've read that. That's one of the best books I've ever read. Not saying I've read a ton of books, but it's one of the best books I've ever read. How to Win Friends and Influence People. It will teach you how to interact with people and be successful at it. But one of, like I said, one of the main principles in that book was, hey, I, um, I am not a bad person. I, I, I mean, I did that because of circumstances. But see, isn't that the real test, though, gentlemen? Isn't that the real test when things are when um, when things go bad or when there are problems, when um, you are uh, things are adversarial? You know, how do we respond? Do we respond morally on the eyes of, on the ways of God, or do we or do we respond like Satan did, like Lucifer did, respond in our for our selfishness? And so, when people get divorced, that's where they're they're coming from. Oh, I know God. Deep down, everybody knows. Everybody knows deep down that that that, that divorce is morally wrong. Everybody knows it. Just like having sex outside of marriage for the first time. Everybody knows the, before the first time that you ever have sex outside of marriage, every person on the face of this earth knows it's wrong. You know why? Because when they start trying to have sex the first time outside of their uh, outside of marriage, the Holy Spirit comes and says, don't do that. <laughs> The Holy Spirit comes to your mind and says, you are going to regret this. Do not do that. That's why you see people when they've the first time they have sex, they're so nervous. They're so like, you know, anxious and things like that. They don't know what they're doing. They feel clunky because that's the Holy Spirit saying you are going to ruin your life. You're going to hurt this other person that you are involving in your sin if you have sex with her or have sex with him. And this is, this is how, you know, you know, okay. Um, this is why people know divorce is wrong. They inherently know divorce is wrong. Everybody knows that God is against divorce. I said, I even gave you scriptural, a scriptural base when we first um, earlier that Adam and Eve were married and Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of the men's hearts, which means what? They was killing their wives and stuff, raping them and beating them up and kicking them and stuff and all that stuff. And so Moses had to let them separate. He had to because he they don't want God doesn't want people to, to die. If it's, it must have been just think how rampant that had to be. Almost everybody on the earth had to be doing that. For God to allow divorce. Then Jesus comes, as I said earlier, Jesus comes and said, okay, that was for that. But for you, no way you're not supposed to get divorced because in the beginning it was not meant to be. Okay. So humility is, is one of the first and foremost things that will defeat evil in your life. And if you allow pride and ego in between you and your wife, that is actually what? That is actually, you have allowed Satan in the middle of your relationship with your beloved. So somebody has to be the adult, right? Somebody has to be the adult. And who's that going to be? Well, you're the leader, so guess what? And my wife, she uses, she uses that against me all the time now. I should have never taught her that. <laughs> so next, um, forgive and ask for forgiveness always. Forgive and for, ask for forgiveness always. Admit to wrongs and apologize if appropriate. Never stay mad for long and never hold wrongdoings or arguments against her. Again, forgive and move forward. 
This is what humility is about. It's about what? Being as Christ. If you want to really understand humility, there's a there's what is called the litany of humility. You can go on the on Google and you can um and you can uh you can Google it and the litany of humility will come up. It's a small, quick meditation on humility, which is what Christ was all about. And it will teach you what humility is and how to and, and once you pray about something, what happens? God will test you, right? He will test you and he will have you um, and he will test you so that you become adept at humility. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Okay. Number five, best friends. Oh, my goodness. Best friends and the marriage and chain program, Catholic Alpha's marriage and chain program. I call best friends. I call it the best friend concept. Because being best friends is so, so important. People kill me how they go. I don't have to be my wife's best friend for us to have a good marriage, a great marriage. Maybe not to have a good marriage, but have a great marriage. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If your wife is not your best friend, then who's she telling all her secrets to? That's why your butt's in marriage crisis. Because your wife is out opening her mouth and telling her best friend <laughs> about all your marriage problems. And it's another thing you have another thing you have to ask yourself is that best friend of your wife, is she divorced or is she single? Now, I'm not saying single women are bad. What I'm saying about single women is single women have a different outlook on life than a married woman does. They have different priorities. Their priority might be their career. They were they're trying to be a, 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 a musician or they're trying to be a doctor or something that takes a lot. Um, they're not thinking about marriage. Why? Because they're just focusing on, they think that their purpose in this life is to go out and be this great lawyer or something or be something uh, that goes against their nature. And that is what? That is women are here to Love God by what? By sending saints, having children and sending saints back to God to spend eternity with God in the beatific vision. This is why all of us are here. Get over it. Stop bitching and whining about it. We Would, would any of us be here? We'd still be in nothingness if God did not love and have so much mercy and want to share his love with everybody. So with creatures, so you, you wouldn't be here. This is why one of the solutions I have to, to women wanting a career and, and, um, and uh, wanting a career and, and wanting to go outside their nature and be something that they think is more than being a great mother, a great wife, and a great woman. What? My plan is, and this is what I thought of all on my own, and look, you ain't going to like it, but man, it works. Women, what you do is you 18, you get your butt married at 18, 19, 20 years old. Stop prolonging having children. Stop doing that because it goes against every fiber in your being. And it kills me how these crappy movies and TV and these movies say, Oh, you have these women on here on these movies saying, oh, I'm just a terrible, I'm terrible with kids. I'm terrible with kids and, and kids this and kids. Oh, kids don't like me. That is just propaganda, man. Trying to get women to not be mothers, to not be a great woman and have and bring souls into this world with their beloved husband and to have a great life. That's propaganda, but see, nobody sees it like that. I do because hey, I'm I'm in the I'm in I'm with God and I see it, you know. So what what as a woman, you get married at like 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. You find a man, stop giving your body to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. You what you do is you women, you are in control. Women, you're so special. You are in control of this whole thing. Women choose men. Men don't choose women. Okay. A lot of people know that. Many don't. 
So as a woman, if you get married at, say, 18, 19, 20 years old, you delay your college, you delay being a doctor, you delay being a councilwoman, you delay being the president of the United States, you delay all these things, you, th- you delay all your wants, desires, and you sacrifice yourself as a woman, become like Christ, become like the Blessed Mother, and you, and you stop being selfish, and you... You, you form your life in the way God would have you do it. Why? Because it will turn out better. Okay? Because God created us and he knows what makes us happy. And so in order to fulfill, if there is a way to fulfill God's wishes for us and, us, and for us as women and men to have what we want, what we do is we try to do that, right? So this plan is this. As a woman... You get married at 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 or 22, something like that. You get married as early as you can. You have your children. You have as many children as God wants because that's the way the scripture talks about. Any any Protestant or any Catholic worth worth their salt will tell you that. You, You don't use contraception and birth control to determine how many kids you have. That's very mortally sinful, okay? Which means mortal sin means what? Go to hell, okay? All right. So as a woman, that's what you do. You interview men and don't be ashamed to, tell, to, to, to let me know, look, brother, I'm trying to get married. I'm not trying to have fun. I got I got my life planned out. I'm trying to have my babies now. And if you're and I'm trying to be married now and I'm 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, maybe 23 at the latest, 25 at the very latest. And I'm saying, listen, I I have a short span to be the woman that God wants me to be. So listen, if you don't, if you're not trying to be married, then we ain't for each other. And then if you know, women, I don't care as a woman, how you look, it doesn't matter. You will get a man. If you want one, you just got to be patient and do not give your soul and body away. That's the key to this whole thing. Women do not give your body away to a knucklehead man because men, we are programmed to take your body and then we don't need your body anymore. We move on to the next woman. Okay? So women, this is how you so that's how you do it. Now, then you have the babies that you're that God wants you to have. That might be two or one. There you go. It ain't gonna be one because God, I've never look, you not I know you're supposed to have more than one, but anyway, whether that's three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 babies, whatever it is, guess what? In my experience, when all those kids get to, say, 15, 16, 17 years old, if you as a mother and father have raised them to be self-sufficient, they don't need you in the home as much, right? Because all the kids, all the kids are, are in high school and, and they're and they're ready to go to college and they're preparing. And then the other kids, the older kids do what? Like with my kids, all my older kids raise my younger kids. That's how that's what a good parent does. You teach the older kids. The first kid, you teach them the system, okay? And then what happens is they they, they raise your other kids, okay? So now as a woman, your kids start to be 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Sure, they still need their mother, but not nearly as much. So then what can you start doing? Well, all your kids are at school, because what? If you're not homeschooling your kids, and most people don't homeschool their kids, even if you are homeschooling your kids, your kids only need so much schooling during the day. So guess what? Once you, as a woman, once your kids are at school for six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours, guess what you can start doing? You can start taking college classes. You can start being a lawyer. You and your husband, you can talk to your husband about, you know, what he thinks would be a good thing for you to study and become. If you want to become the president of the United States, if you want to become a, a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant, or you just want to go out and get a job to get out the house and start living a different little life. You and your husband can do that. Why? Because you fulfilled what God wants, which he wanted you to have your children, him for him. You've done that. Now those kids are self-sufficient. And guess what you can do? That's frees up you. Like I remember my kid with my um with my wife. When our, we used to homeschool our kids. And even then, my wife just once they got to a certain age, like 11, 12, 13, 14, my kids were very self-sufficient. They needed, th- they needed me and their mother, but not nearly as much. And then once they started going to high school, because we sent them to a Catholic high school, and the, the kid, and, uh, 
man, my wife had all this free time and she's still young. I mean, well, my wife was because me and her got married in 35, 36, something like that. But let's say that my wife was her regular normal age at 20. Think about it. You have kids. And most women, when they start having kids, if they don't take birth control. Oh, man, they have kids like two, three. They have one, one after another. Right. You look up, you got three, four, five, six, seven kids. And then all those kids, by the time you're 35, 40 years old as a woman, you are still or 45 or 50. You are still very young. You are still very vital as a woman. You have a lot of energy. Your kids are almost grown. You still have you still have 70, uh, 70, 80. No, not, not 80, but you have, you know, se- uh, so we say 30, so that'd be 70 years. You have 70, uh, 60 50, 40, 30 years left of your life. And so you can go out and do all of these things that you wanted to do and you're you're not hurting your children, right? Dude, that's what I'm talking about. And if most men thought like that too, that way the man can go out and go to, he can get married, go out, go to college and be uh, what he wants to be with his career, get that going, start making the money. And then the wife is doing what a mother does. She raises the children. She connects and bond with the kids. And then guess what? Then the children get to the uh, to a, uh, a self-sustaining age, a self-sustaining age, and then the mother can go take uh, college courses online. She can be whatever she wants. She can be whatever her heart desires as a wife and as a mother and as a woman. She has it. That's how you have it all, ladies. That's how you have it all. But if you screw it up and you start having babies at 18, 19, 20, 25 and all that stuff, I mean, you, uh, I'm sorry, not start having babies. If you delay having, I'm sorry, y'all, if you delay having babies until you're 28, 29, 30, 40 years old, which most women at 40 and 45 can't have babies if, or if it's very, very hard for them. But. Because every woman that I've ever met, unless she's completely disordered, regrets not having her children early. Because when they get old enough, God kicks in and, and, and she starts to feel unfulfilled as a woman. I want a baby. That's why Apple is doing a very sinful thing of taking eggs and freezing them for when the people want to have babies in their 40s and 50s and 60s and stuff. That is so very morally wrong. But that's another show for another day. All right. So look, y'all, I'm so I, I'm not sorry. We ought to have to do a part two in this because you know what? As usual, I'm very passionate about this subject. <laughs> that's not a new that's not a new thing. Right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stop with number five, the best friend uh, concept. Um, and and just and we'll cover it a little bit more tomorrow um, or the next show, which is tomorrow. Um, and what we'll do is we'll go, you know, a little bit more deeper in the best friend concept and then hit the other six, seven, eight, nine, ten, hit the other seven things. OK, so tomorrow we'll do a quick review part one and then tomorrow will be part two. Um, and again, please come tomorrow, man. Listen, emotional connection is so important for your wife. So, so important. And if you understand that and you learn how to do it and deal with it and make it and, 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 and cultivate it in your marriage, you will have a lot less communication problems, a lot less misunderstandings, a lot less of, of bad things going on in your marriage that, that, that should not be going on. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to take a break and then we will be right back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching 
blessing for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. And so, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!